When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Pint of Football, where much like the international breaks, we are far more regular than you'd prefer. I'm Tom Meadowcroft, an up-and-coming Central European nation with a sprightly young squad and bags of potential. And he's Daz Napton, grassing himself on hidden camera while downing a pint of Riesling. Oh yes, that's it. What is a pint (laughs) of Riesling? What is a Riesling? It's a type of white wine. I don't know... It's obviously a reference to um, Big Sam ruining his England career. Um, nice. But he was he was uh, caught on camera drinking what looked an awful lot like a pint of white wine. What? How do you um, even get I'm served surprised, that? I'm surprised you've not seen this. Uh, the whole... I'm very disconnected from international football. I've become almost the fan I used to hate who just watches the actual major tournaments now because... I just can't be bothered with the fact that none of the games are on TV. You, you either have to buy subscription, get a dodgy link, or go to the pub to watch the games. And it's just not that exciting anymore, is it? Well, I mean, the group, the group stage for the qualifiers of the World Cup's been pretty boring. Um, yeah. yeah. Is that what we've got this weekend? Yeah, but I believe so. There's no, yeah. there's not really any teams that would be considered a threat. Yeah, I miss the days where we'd lose at home to Northern Ireland or draw away in Macedonia. I'd still uh, go and watch, I'd still go and watch San Marino away. Oh yeah. I think it's different if you're going to be a, a die-hard traveling fan. I know a few few people that go home. I know a few die-hard um England away fans. Yeah. Unusual I'd definitely people. be up for that. I'd be <laughs> up for it. I'd definitely be up for it. But we're not here to talk about the World Cup, or are we? We'll soon find out. Because what we've Ooh. got today, what we've got is in the mix. And this is one of our features, one of our many in the mix features, where we either challenge each other to do weird things, or we read about strange things, or just nonsense stories in general. Strange stories from all the countries of the world. So I'm not going to recap all the ones we've done because we want you to go Please. back and listen to them. <laughs> what we're going to do instead is we're going to kick off and it's my challenge at the end of the last one 
we actually had stopped recording by this point, but you on your random country generator managed to pick out for me South Korea. Yes. I promise that was actually what we got on the random picker. I didn't get I didn't I didn't cheat and give a actual, you know, I'm not gonna say real country, but you know, a country slightly more mainstream than Tuvalu. Yeah, the last two we've done, Estonia and Tuvalu, have not been easy <laughs> tasks for us, have they? So uh, I was really pleased to see that come out of the uh, the metaphorical hat. But I'm going to get some like speck of dust in the Pacific Ocean again, I know it. We'll see, we'll see. But for now, we're going to talk about South Korea. And as soon as that came out, there was two stories that came to mind. And I've decided to go with the one that was quite far back. But I am going to, at the end, very quickly tell you the recent one, just because it's funny and worth a mention. So you can look forward to that at the end. Oh, well, well. The South Korea story is one that I'm sure will resonate very well with both of us, because it's about the 2002 World Cup, where ah, yes. probably, I would say, probably both of our first memorable tournaments to, to use that cliche that everyone remembers, the big telly on the on the little sort of trolley got wheeled into the assembly hall, and we all sat and watched. Yeah, I put my little was, England cap on the on the big telly for luck. I remember that was the magic. But we're not going to go through the whole reminiscent package of how great that World Cup was. We know how great that World Cup was. But what I'm here to do today, Tom, is I'm here to challenge that and say, actually, it wasn't a good World Cup. Controversy. That's the key word, controversy. At the time, as, oh, I don't know, how old would we have been? Like 10 or 11? I was in year six, so yeah, 10 or 11. Yeah, 10 or 11, and we would have genuinely, innocently just watched the, the games and enjoyed it for what it was. But I didn't realise... I didn't care about football at all unless it was international. Yeah. But what happened during the World Cup, as I say, we enjoyed it as innocents and it overall went down without a hitch. There was no fan troubles. Because the kickoffs were eight, nine in the morning, there was a (laughs) somewhat lack of opportunity for everyone to get smashed and start chucking the pints up in the air after every England goal. And I think Japan and South Korea are just quite nice countries as well. Like if, if you tried to like cause a fuss in Japan, they'd just like look sad at you and you'd stop because you felt bad. So this is where our innocence will develop into perhaps curiousness. And what I'm going to tell you is, did you know South Korea finished fourth in that World Cup? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember, I do remember that. Quite um, unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. Bit of a underdog hero story, would you say? Yeah, was that around the time of like Park Ji Sun and yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing it was really, really bloody hot and quite an alien land for a lot of people. Yeah. So I guess the home team advantage would have played a big part in it. I suppose because you know when you think of hot countries, you don't necessarily think of their opponents. Teams like Portugal, Spain. <laughs> all right <laughs> so this is where i'm going to start things off because what we've got is the group stage where south korea have been drawn as one of the hosts in a 
what would be seen as an easier group, certainly avoiding the biggest of the teams, but they still had to overcome the United States, Portugal Ooh, and Poland. So Portugal, Poland, United States, probably a bit more well-known now, those teams, than they were back then, but still some decent competition. And South Korea, after the second game, were in a position where they were second and the, the group was essentially neck and neck. They could have finished first, second, third or fourth in the final game and they had wow. Portugal to play. And what actually happened in that game is the Portuguese had been drawing with South Korea and they actually got reduced not to 10 men, but to nine men. And one of them in particular was seen as a harsh sending off. South Korea won 1-0 to win the group. So they progressed quite nicely. And then at this point, we're still thinking, yeah, fair enough. Not a bad underdog story so far. Who would they draw mm. in the second round, the round of 16? They would only draw Italy. <laughs> so they've drawn Italy. And this is where the absolute peak of controversy comes in in that the referee for the occasion, Byron Moreno, would go on to become a much bigger story, perhaps, than the World Cup itself. What happened during the game was, you know, when you go to the World Cup and there always has to be representing nations from everywhere, basically, who referee and linesmen and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Brian Moreno, I think he's from Ecuador, which isn't the worst footballing nation ever. But Yeah, not the best either. Yeah, exactly. And when the ref turned up, you, you can look, you can Google it. He's quite a rotund character. He's a bit of a beefy man, let's say. What was the name again? Well, don't Google it now because you might see the oh. story I'm about to tell, but... In your own time, you can uh, Google him. And what happened was Italy took the lead, as expected, in the 18th minute. And with two minutes to go, South Korea grabbed an equaliser. And in the middle of all of that, what had happened is one of the South Korea players had actually elbowed an Italy striker, Del Piero, in the head. Obviously, nowadays, VAR would just see it go back and tell him to send him off. But what actually happened is the ref appeared to acknowledge that it had happened because he stopped the game to go and have a talk to the career defender. Now, if he spotted it, (laughs) he stopped the game and he's gone and spoke to him he must know that he's done something of that nature. Because you wouldn't just stop the game if he tripped over, would you? Why didn't you tell me that the referee was Darren Strain? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was... I, I would dare say he's on that level. Um, Joke for the OGs, though. So they've avoided a red card. It's still not scandalous at this point. These things could still happen. But then in the 88th minute, they equalise and take it to extra time. Extra time back then, back in the glory days, was golden goal. You score the next goal and you win, which is 
absolutely brilliant. But we went to extra time and 13 minutes into extra time, Totti, who was arguably Italy's best player, was sent oh, off. Very funny name. Yeah, Francesco Totti. He's probably one of the more famous Italian footballers, mainly because he spent his whole playing career with Roma. I think he spent 20 whole years there, which is... A lot of Italian footballers seem to just go on forever. Yeah, I think he was there from like 18 to 38. And then when he retired, I think he instantly just became like director of football there. So he's nonstop worked there since he was about 10. But no, in this, he got sent off. Second yellow card for a dive in the box. Even if it wasn't a penalty, it definitely wasn't a dive. It was one of those where he got as much of the ball as the man, but he still took the man out. You're not necessarily going to say, fine, penalty. Instead, he went to the opposite extreme and sent Totti off. At this point, South Korea have avoided a red. Italy have been given a red to their main striker, who no doubt would have taken one of the penalties. And Italy break clear. The striker rounds past the goalkeeper, tucks the ball into the net, wrongly judged offside. And I can't actually remember this happening, but I could imagine the scenes of a golden goal winner when everyone runs on, you know, like everyone does after a penalty shootout. About 10 seconds later, the lino, who's miles away, just puts his flag down. You'd be like, you'd, you'd be loath to, to do it, wouldn't you? If you were the if you were the linesman or the ref. Like, sorry guys, I've got to ruin this. So this is obviously at this point where people start to feel it's a bit suspicious because there's all these decisions going against them. In the previous game, of course, Portugal went down to nine men, not just ten men. So it does seem like quite a lot's going for them. Soon after that, South Korea run up the other end and score what is an ultimately dramatic stoppage time, extra time winner. Absolute scenes to send them into the quarterfinals. Suspicious yet? You're going to tell me that he's taken a bung, right? Well, now I'm asking if you're suspicious of him. Well, somewhat. (laughs) There is no proof that the guy took a bung, Byron Moreno. (laughs) However, in 2003, his refereeing career ended (laughs) one year after the World Cup. And better than that, a few years later, he would be arrested in an airport in America for trying to smuggle six kilos of heroin into the country. So we're not saying he took a bung, but a few years down the line, yeah, a few years down the line, he was getting caught. And apparently the way he was caught at the airport was where the like leg like your calf muscles and your uh, tricep muscles, when they did like the pat down, they were just really firm. (laughs) Why so? You have incredibly firm calf muscles. Yes, I used to be an international referee. Oh yeah, I remember you. (laughs) Quick, plant some drugs on this guy. Yeah, well, maybe that's what happened. If it had been an airport in Italy, then I might have uh, suspected that. 
there's a headline from goal.com a few years ago where they reviewed it where it was just like bandit referee to drug smuggler what happened <laughs> bandit referee <laughs> what happened to byron moreno and there's a really good quote from buffon who was the goalkeeper at the time and obviously still going all these years on when he mm. found out about the drug raid and the incident and that he'd been put in jail, he said in an interview, six kilos of drugs. I believe Moreno already had them in 2002, but not in his underwear, in his system. <laughs> <laughs> not better at all. That's cracking. Yeah. So I will complete the career venture because, of course, they made it through past Italy. And they would then come up against Spain, who, again, a footballing powerhouse, aren't they? Especially these days. They've won numerous World Cups and Euros in our lifetime. And what would actually happen in that game is they would go on to beat Spain on penalties to get to the semi-finals, which in, on paper is an absolutely incredible result. But when you look back at what happened, it was a different ref, I must point out. They didn't just give him the same dodgy ref. It was a different one. What happened in this occasion was three goals ruled out and at least two of them were well on. Well, I mean, which... didn't, know, um, didn't know South Korea had this much money to bribe. It's, it's one of those things where, like you were saying at the start, Japan, South Korea... They seem like perfectly ordinary, nice, play fair countries. But having done a bit of further research into South Korea, certainly within the league system, a lot of players over the years have been banned for being involved in gambling offences. Really? Wow. So it's one of those where you think they're innocent and there's no besmirch in Japan, obviously, because they just were a decent team at the time. And I think they got to the second round, which again is decent and what you'd expect as a country of that size. But to get all the way to the semis was possibly pretty suspect. Luckily, any kind of corruption has since been taken out of international football mm -hmm. and we can look forward to a clean and sleaze-free World Cup in Qatar. Oh, good, 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 good. But yeah, so that's the the big scandal of the 2002 World Cup, as told by me. Very good. What were the runner-up stories? You may have even heard of it, or it might be one of those things that's uh, escaped your memory, but FC Seoul, they, during COVID-19, weren't allowed to have fans in the stadium. And you know how there was clubs filling the ground with cardboard cutouts and TV oh, yeah. screens with the fans in and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Well, Silly nonsense. FC Seoul decided to put some mannequins in the stadium. Okay, I'm looking this up. And they turned out to be sex dolls. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, yeah, they're, they're those like weird, real doll things. Yep. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's hilarious, but 
buying that many like top of the range sex dolls must have been quite expensive. You could have signed a couple of players for that. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know how they did this. How they it like ended up making it? this mistake. <laughs> oh. So there's two final things we need to do. I'm going to very quickly find you a random country using random dot country forward slash question mark for anyone who wants to know where we're sourcing our favorite our... website. Are you ready then, Tom? Yeah, I'm ready for Three. a country that has no football history. Three, two, one. Your country is. <laughs> well, you'll be glad to know it's in Europe. It's okay. quite a lot of football in Europe. It yes. sits nicely, <laughs> nicely between France and Spain, two of the big boys. It is Andorra. Oh, God damn it. Okay. I mean, as you say, there's a lot of football in Europe. I'm sure there'll be something, unless they've got some bizarre national sport that I've not heard of that they play instead. Yeah, it has been a struggle. I feel bad because you've now had two bad ones on the trot. But I know there's definitely stories about Andorra. In fact, recently, oh, in, yeah, when England played them the other week, I'm sure the stadium set on fire the night before. That's a starting point. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you'll get 20 minutes of content out of that. Maybe you'll just put a YouTube video of it on fire for 20 minutes. Yeah, so nice uh, fire ASMR for you guys. Yeah. So all that's left is Tom's legendary fire is home with a dad joke. <clears throat> I say, I say, I say, Daz. What do you say today? I'm thinking of reasons to go to Switzerland. The flag oh, is yeah. a big plus. <laughs> Oh yes, I like it. I like it that it's country-based as well. Network.